You're listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon. Let's turn to our very first guest and topic of today. It's World Hepatitis Day today, and it's one of the eight disease-related health days designated by the World Health Organization. And according to the WHO, more than 350 million people worldwide live with either chronic hepatitis B or C, and one person dies every 30 seconds from a hepatitis-related illness. And to raise awareness, and to discuss ways we can better protect ourselves, we are joined in the studio by a renowned professor and a pioneer in the treatment of chronic hepatitis B and its complications for over three decades, Dr. Lai Ching Lung. Dr. Lai is a Simon K. Y. Lee professor in gastro Ontology and the Chair of Medicine and Heptology from the University of Hong Kong. Welcome to the program, Professor Lai. Thank you so much Thank for joining you, us. It's so nice to meet you. We are on Facebook as well, uh, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. For our listeners, you can see and hear Professor Lai there as well. So before we talk about hepatitis, let's talk about the role of the liver. Uh, it, it's really vital in sort of processing nutrients and filtering the blood. Uh, what else does our liver do? Oh, um, it also detoxifies things, but it produces a lot of essential things like um, cholesterol. Um, therefore, actually, hypercholesterolemia is related to the liver, not exactly to how much you eat. And also a lot of clotting factors, etc. And proteins. Oh, that's why we often hear fatty liver. Yeah. Because what we eat is directly going to affect... Yeah, um, yeah. Um, our liver as well. So let's talk about viral uh, hepatitis. How many types of it are there? Um, essentially, there are five, A, B, C, D, and E. Um, a and E are transmitted through the mouth, eating. And B and C is through blood product or um, body fluid. D, you can only have D if you have B, because it's a so-called parasite virus. So, and in Hong Kong, fortunately, we have very few B carriers who are who have hepatitis D. But so B and C are different from A and E because one can the patients can become chronic carriers of hepatitis B and C, whereas hepatitis A and E almost never become a chronic carrier. The E is a little bit exceptional in the sense that if a patient is a transplant patient, then they may carry hepatitis E chronically. What does chronic uh, chronic carrier mean? Chronic carrier means you're having the virus all the time, and unless you get cured, which is potentially possible. Okay, so people do sometimes make a full recovery then? Uh, hepatitis A and E, almost always. Um, e, as I've mentioned, actually always too, except for the patients who are immunocompromised through transplantation. I see. Okay. Um, let's talk about uh, hepatitis B. Um, so it's caused by the hepatitis B virus. What are some of the symptoms? What does that do to your liver? Usually it doesn't give rise to any symptoms at all. No symptoms? No. Um, it's transmitted through the blood, as I've mentioned, or, or a secretion of bodily secretion like semen. However, um, most of But not of the, saliva? No. Okay. Uh, saliva, potentially, yes, a small amount, but small it's never been proven that saliva can actually uh, can transmit hepatitis B because you really need a lot of saliva. HIV, okay. I presume you know. Yes. If you have a saliva, you need one liter of saliva. So um, we produce one and a half liter of saliva every day. So if you want to get and drink all the saliva or two-third day, uh, which to me is impossible. impossible. 
Okay. And then um, you mentioned that just now there are no specific symptoms. So how do you eventually find out if you have hepatitis B? Mostly, actually, through checking, deliberately asking the subjects to check or blood donation. In blood donation, they check for hepatitis B, C, and also HIV, of course. Yeah. And what about for hepatitis C then? Again, uh, you have to check specifically for hepatitis C. Um, for B, for example, it's mainly actually from young, uh, chronic areas, uh, mainly from a young child, childhood, from the uh, mother who is carrying hepatitis B virus, or maybe from the father. Uh, for the mother, it can be right at the moment of birth. From the father, within the first one or two years. And then if you get hepatitis C virus within the first one to two years, then the chances of you become a chronic carrier, or rather the baby become a chronic carrier, is higher than 90%. Whereas as an adult, one can get hepatitis B through uh, unsafe sex, but um, the chances of an adult with a good immune system of becoming a chronic carrier is actually lower than 2%. Okay. In contrast to the 90% in a young ch- child between, under the age of two. Yeah. And w- before we started the program, uh, Professor Lai, we were talking about uh, how HBV, the, the hepatitis B vaccination, is part of the Hong Kong immunization uh, program. Uh, so what sorts of prote- protection does that offer? Um, if after the vaccination, the child or a person develops antibody against hepatitis B, then it's 100% protection. For 100%. life, hundred percent. Yes, wow. yes, much better than um, the COVID vaccine. <laughs> Not much better, yeah, better. Yeah, and for life as well. Yeah. Um, my understanding is three doses, um, because I, I, you know, remember my son had it when he was born, and then again at the first month, and then again it's at six, six months. months. Yes. That's right. Okay. And this all started actually for mothers who are carrying hepatitis B virus. It started. Um, they started vaccinating the children in 1984. And then since, then, uh, since 1988, every child born in Hong Kong would be vaccinated by th- three doses of the vaccine. And actually, the government was very careful. So in 1992, they actually checked the children age six ending into the primary one, and just in case some of them missed the vaccination at birth because they were born abroad. Okay. And then again, in 1998, they checked ch- children um, graduating from or you can go go graduate or come from primary six. And again, if the, the child has not been vaccinated, they again vaccinate the child. Okay, wow. And it's, it's such a great thing. And it's um, Hong Kong. Is, is, is it quite uh, prevalent in other places as well? Do they all often vaccinate? Uh, yeah. Fortunately now, actually, as far as I'm aware, um, nine, over 90 countries in the world are vaccinated their children, mostly at birth. However, since it needs three doses, so in some poor countries and where the traffic is a little bit difficult, maybe not full dose vaccination. But yeah. both, but it is actually starting to decline hepatitis B incidents in the world. Yeah, and uh, you can get vaccinated against hepatitis B, but not for C. No, okay. unfortunately not. Okay. Um. So what are so so you mentioned just now there are no symptoms for hepatitis B. So once you have it, how can you manage it and how can you recover? The management is actually, first you actually have to see a doctor to make sure that you have hepatitis B and then the doctor will check whether the viral load, what we call the viral load, is high. And if the viral load is high, then they, the doctor may start you on a single pill. Uh, you may require to take it for life so far. 
but um, it is definitely proven to decrease the chance of liver cancer. And even if the patient has developed cirrhosis of the liver, it can reverse cirrhosis. Yeah. So actually taking those pills, even though it's one, one tablet a day for life, I think it's actually wonderful. Yeah. So um, I heard also the liver can um, can it's got this unique capacity where it can repair itself. Yeah. Um, which is amazing. The, the human body is is very fascinated, uh, fascinating. So, but once you have hepatitis or if you're a carrier, can your liver still regenerate or repair itself? Yes. Yes. Of course. Okay. Um, I, I'm I'm sure you have heard about hepat- uh, liver resection for liver cancer. The patients can regenerate the liver. And as donors too, okay, they are not, they have no illness, but they can regenerate the liver too, very quickly, within two weeks. Within two weeks? Yes. (laughs) And uh, how much of it gets grown back? Is it to its uh, 50%? No, uh, all of it. All of it? All of it? Yeah. Okay, for the healthy donor, yes. Uh, For the patient, may not be so... (laughs) So complete. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm so fascinated. We are live on Facebook, by the way. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. Uh, <laughs> if you have any questions, feel free to, to drop us a comment there. Uh, Professor Lai is, is here to, to answer some of our questions related to hepatitis. So what does it mean to be a hepatitis C carrier? And what does that then develop into? Now, hepatitis C is a little bit different from B in the sense that B carriers are mostly from children. At, the, at birth or within the first two years. Hep C actually is mostly from adulthood, adulthood uh, with, from blood. Um, previously, it's from blood transfusion or other blood products having, containing hepatitis C and also obviously from uses of drugs through intravenous use. And they uh, previously, at least, they share needles. This is how they acquire hepatitis C. These are the two major modes of transmission of hepatitis C. And now for Hong Kong, actually, the hepatitis C virus, even though it was discovered in 1989, since 19, July the 1st, 1991, the Hong Kong Transfusion Service, the Red Cross, has already screened the, the, the any blood products for hepatitis C. So after 1991, July the 1st, transfusion in Hong Kong at least would not transmit hepatitis C. But if you continue to use intravenous use of drugs, sharing needles, then of course. Yeah, okay. And um, is is it quite prevalent in Hong Kong or in the Asian population? Or, you know, is, is the virus linked to any sort of particular yeah, demographic? Yeah, talking about C. Yeah. Okay, B is definitely a major virus in Hong Kong. Something like, uh, you know, that um, used to be 10%. One now, in 10, something yeah, like, yeah. Previously, but now dropping to 7.2%. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because of the vaccination. and But they're obviously, un- unless the carriers all die, which I hope they would not. So <laughs> it was there, there will still be They'll some. Still, yeah, there will yeah. still be some. But C is actually, um, and this is globally on the rise. Um, the highest incidences are in... Egypt and also Pakistan and the Middle East. Uh, China actually has got a low incidence, but because of the high population of China, so high China is the biggest population of hepatitis C carriers in the world compared to more than America and Europe added together because of the China's large population. Wow. Um, and how is it managed then? Do you have to have a special diet um, to, no, to make no, sure? No, no, no. Hepatitis C is actually even easier. Actually, there are now drugs that you need to only take 8 to 12 weeks and you can be cured. Okay. Because hepatitis C is an RNA virus. I don't know whether... The, yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas hepatitis 
B is, B is a, DNA. a DNA virus. DNA can integrate into your DNA. But um, hepatitis C and RNA virus cannot integrate into the host. Okay. So you can clear the hepatitis C virus within 8 weeks to 12 weeks. Unless you're a chronic carrier. No, no, you... chronic. I'm talking about chronic carrier. Oh, then... But there are now cures, yes. Okay. Oh, wow, that's brilliant to know. Um, in terms of uh, vaccination, is it ever too late to be vaccinated against hepatitis B? No, I think I think before you actually vaccinate, get yourself vaccinated, check whether you are carrying in the first place. And maybe you've already got antibodies. Actually, I was born before the vaccination day, but I... Me too, yes. Yeah, but I checked and I have antibody against hepatitis B virus. Oh, okay. So there's no need for me to be vaccinated. But otherwise, yeah, if you are, you're, if you are not a carrier, if you do not have the antibody, by all means vaccinate yourself. Even though, as I said, as an adult, unless you play around with unsafe sex, it's almost impossible for you to acquire the hepatitis B. Okay. And um, finally, I also read, and I mentioned before we started, was there an outbreak of hepatitis A in Hong Kong sometime in the 90s? Yes. And how was that managed? Because uh, that's from food. We yeah. didn't really talk about hepatitis it's, A. Um, perhaps let's go back to talk about how is it caused, hepatitis A? A is mainly from uncooked, unwell-cooked shelled seafood. The shell seafood actually they collect the virus, so uh, like clams or oysters, etc. Hong Kong people love seafood so yes, much. But um, yes. if you cook it very well, then you cannot get it. Okay. Um, actually, th- th- this, uh, that outbreak in Hong Kong was actually there was even a bigger uh, epi- epidemic uh, in Shanghai um, because they eat, they love eating uh, they love eating raw clams. Uh, raw clams. Yeah. Okay. It's just like Japanese food. Oh, I suppose so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But but I, I presume Japanese clams are clean. Yes, yeah, I do love it. Yeah. Okay. So as long as you sort of wash your hands as well afterwards and not get contaminated, the chances of getting hepatitis A is very minimal. No, actually, I think it's it's not nothing to do with washing your hands. It's just cooking your cooking shelled food. seafood well. Okay. So clams and oysters and... Uh, but you still have to wash your hands afterwards, otherwise it's all contaminated, right? Yeah, okay, but you don't <laughs> usually lick your fingers. So. <laughs> Maybe it's finger-licking good, the clams. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Okay, um, but ca- you can get vaccinated against hep Yes, A. yes, yes. I actually got vaccinated. I thought I, I'm, I usually, I'm so dirty eating food. <laughs> But I actually did not have antibody against A, so I got vaccinated at the age of 50. Okay. Oh, okay. So that's perfect. Okay. So for some of our listeners listening, um, yeah, get get vaccinated. And what's the vaccine, What's the uh, efficacy of that? Is it uh, full protection? Uh, yes. Again, actually, if you develop antibodies, full protection, 100% protection. Okay. And how many doses is it? Two. <laughs> okay. Uh, for it to be fully okay and finally uh, before i let you go professor Lai, how can we better look after our liver even though it's such a an amazing organ that regenerates oh, it is amazing otherwise why would i major in it it's <laughs> <laughs> surely there are also ways yeah, that we but can there's actually as far as i'm aware there's really no food you especially need to take to or drugs that you need to take to make your liver healthy okay. i think the one nowadays actually what is getting very very, very common is fatty liver Yes. Yes. And the only way uh, you may get fat delivery is, okay, you may be genetic, but still, if you are, are obese, uh, with a BMI body mass index of over 23, or if you have high cholesterol, then one, you should reduce weight and reduce the cholesterol, then you will be safe.
Okay. Wow. That's good tip for, for, for a lot of our listeners. Okay. Um, so the liver is amazing. So we don't have to do anything in particular, but alcohol consumption is also oh, one yeah, that... Oh, yeah, Alcohol um, and smoking. Uh, smoking is not, as far as I'm aware, associated with any liver diseases. Alcohol, yes, but uh, don't drink too much. Just drink moderately and maybe yes uh well professor lai thank you so much for such an amazing discussion we learned so much from you this afternoon on world hepatitis day uh, i want to wish our listeners happy world hepatitis day but me too yes <laughs> thank you so much uh to professor lai ching lung uh, who joins us and professor lai ching lung is a simon k wiley professor in gastroenterology and the chair of medicine and hepology from the university of hong kong and uh, he's also a pioneer in treatment of chronic hepatitis B and its complications for over three decades. Thank you so much. You're most welcome.